Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave here with Saturday Morning Cartoons, and we just want to give the following quick thank you to these Patreon supporters. So, Derek Haynes, Jason Woods, Jamal Newman, Melanie Harker, Allison Keane, Sean Paul Ellis, and Dave Trumbo. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. <laughs> Guys, uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you are interested in continuing to support Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can head over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's Morning with a U. And you can become a monthly reoccurring donor there. So thank you so much, guys. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Warfield Academy, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, our favorite super spy, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? <laughs> oh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, but I have a question for you. Should <clears throat> I call you Sean Paul Ellis Jr.? Is that right? Oh, man. Sean Paul Ellis Jr. is my child's name. I prefer to go by Sean Paul Ellis. You'd prefer it. Because that was your uncle's name, right? Sean Paul Ellis, which makes you Sean Paul Ellis Jr. That's correct. That's how, that's how parentage works? That's how parentage, in fact, works. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Man, I am learning so much tonight. I hope our listeners out there are learning some stuff, too. This is fascinating. <laughs> if they've learned anything at this point, I'm very nervous. I would hope that the only thing they've learned from the show is not to listen to anything <laughs> yeah. we say on this show Just, <laughs> or take anything it's seriously. all lies, guys. It's all lies. We're full of lies. Cartoon lies. Jesus. All right. We are, of course, tonight talking about James Bond Jr. Junior. Yeah, Junior. This uh let me let me ask before we get started. Did you did you know anything about this? This is obviously this is the final week of our listener appreciation month. Um and yes. so uh this one actually comes from I believe anonymous listener lost to the annals of time. <laughs> That's what I think it went to. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think somebody had mentioned this like way back in the day when we first started this. We just never got to it. And then we like lost a post-it note or like threw out a scrap of paper or something and uh Somebody suggested this. If it's you and you're listening and you're yelling at your radio right now, uh, drop us a line. Let us know. Or if you just want to take credit, we don't know. So just, yeah, sure. Take credit for it. James, James Bond Jr. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's yours. I'll be honest. If you want to take credit for it, good on you. That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. Why not? Could have picked a better one, but hey, this is a freebie. So if you want to take <laughs> it, it's all yours. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know too much about this. Obviously, you can't not know about James Bond. I, I vaguely remember, once I started watching this episode tonight, I vaguely remembered watching it as a kid. It did come out around the time, like, early 90s, so I would have been watching just, whatever, Saturday morning cartoons whenever it came on. Um, but not like, I can't remember too much about it. I could not be, if you pressed me hard enough, could not tell you the other names of the characters on this show without looking them up on Wikipedia, which is exactly what I did before <laughs> we started this episode. So I would have no clue who these, these goofs are, uh, with the exception of Jaws. Right. That's about it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Jaws shows mm -hmm. up. True. I, How about you? No, I actually, uh, this cartoon, I don't know if, if you did this, but like, like in the mornings before school in my neighborhood, like a lot of kids would end up going to like one person's house in the morning. Um, oh, really? While like parent, like, cause my mom, my mom is a teacher. And so yeah. she would have to go to work. And so she would like a lot of families there would, you know, drop it off, drop their kids off at like one person's house let's say you know if somebody uh you know was was a mom and had the ability to be able to kind of accommodate everybody 
uh, in the neighborhood, you would kind of all go over and that's like where you would eat breakfast, you know? And so, no, definitely not. Yeah. And so, I mean, I also grew up in a house that like was essentially kept like a crypt. Okay. And like nobody was really allowed in there. Oh, that's why you look so young. So just packed in Tupperware and then frozen for so long. That's so nice. And I, I sleep in a coffin in my native soil every night, so it's fun. <laughs> um, I stay young. But uh, we, would, we would all kind of go to this person's house. We would have, yeah. like, uh, we'd have like a, a bowl of cereal, uh, and then we'd all kind of like hang out and wait for, uh, for the bus to show up. Like Some kids had homework like nine times out of ten. Uh, we would either watch cartoons or we would play some type of video game uh, that we yeah. had. So it was an old NES or a Super NES that we would, like, you know, we would play. At that point, it wasn't old. It was new and it's brand and new. super fun for us and so <laughs> yeah um, but yeah but this was one of those cartoons that like in the morning for i want to say maybe like an entire year uh i think i just watched this like every morning for some reason it was just it was on television and nobody got up to be like you know what i'm gonna change this and we just because yeah kids you actually had to get up to change the yeah channel. right and so we, or somebody had just lost that old remote or it was yeah. one of those old remotes where the buttons were real wonky, where like one would stop yeah. working after a while and you'd just be like... And you had to smack the shit out of it or just like roll the batteries. Oh, God. Yeah, so... You kids have it so good these days. So I watched a lot of James Bond Jr. So when this kind of came up, uh, I, I had uh, I was very familiar with this show. Now, I can tell you, I don't remember a single episode. Um, and so to watch it again tonight was sort of like a very weird like, Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. <laughs> so it was a... There were a lot of those moments. Yeah. It was an interesting trip down memory lane this evening, but let me get into some history yeah. about James Bond. So James Bond Jr. is a fictional character <laughs> described as the nephew of Ian Fleming's master spy, James Bond. The name was first used in 1967 for a spinoff novel, for a spin-off novel entitled The Adventures of James Bond Jr. <laughs> 003 and a half because you need to divide seven. Uh, written, <laughs> written by the pseudonymous R.D. Mascot. The idea of Bond having a nephew was used again in 1991 in an American animated series produced by Mirakami Wolf Sweetson and MGM Animation with a total of 65 half-hour episodes produced. So we actually, we hit that 65 mark. Yeah, yeah nice. It's been a it's while. It's been a really long like time. It's been a while since we've touched that. It's usually been like 12. And so, <laughs> the, the, so what's notable for this is that if you, like a lot of, uh, a lot of production studios would, would shoot for 65 because then they could bring it back in syndication all the time. And so, right. uh, so that's sort of like the mark is if they got to that number, um, then, you know, you could see those cartoons just like all the time after school or before school. And so always interesting to see that. Yeah, and you can kind of you can kind of quantify it as a success at that point because it's more of a financial gain for them if they were able to hit that right. mark. Yeah, giving you the show was fully sanctioned by Dan Jack and United Artists, who held the rights to the James Bond property. James Bond Jr. was voiced by Corey Burton. The series was mildly successful, spawning a six-volume novelization series by John Peel, writing as John Vincent. Uh, and a 12-issue comic book series by Marvel Comics published in 1992, and a video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super NES. I like to think that you guys were getting together before school to eat cereal, watch James Bond Jr., and on a smaller secondary TV, also play either NES or SNES (laughs) of James Bond Jr. Yeah. But I like to think. I I have never, I don't think in all the 140-odd episodes we've done, 
I don't think I've ever had so many questions just from the history alone. <laughs> and my first question is, and I read over this line so many times, James Bond Jr. is a fictional character, the nephew of James Bond. Right. <sighs> Explain that to me. I mean, I, I... How often How often do you give your nephew your name and then give the junior signifier to I don't... Is that like a no, common thing? No, I don't thing? think it's a common thing at all. I think it's a very... Okay. You know, I think what they... I think, and, and work with me on this, I think what they had to do was they couldn't mm-hmm. have James Bond have a child. Like, they couldn't just yeah. have had yeah. James Bond. I mean, notorious womanizing James Bond who would just pump and dump. Like, they couldn't have just had him you know, wind up with a kid because then I'm sure this whole show would just be about alimony and child support. Especially because he's just like an absentee uncle. Yeah. So he would have just been like an absentee father instead, <laughs> which I don't know if it really makes it better, but sure, we'll go yeah. with that. And so they, they had to come up with some clever way of being able to do it. And so for some reason, I mean, I, I've, heard of, I've heard of family members and I have a good friend of mine who their family has like maybe two, they have like three male names in the entire family and everybody like, is one of those, but you just like rotate through those names, right? Yeah. But it, but they and they can have a junior as well, and and yeah. that's totally fine because it's all within the same family. It's not a cousin or an aunt or, or an uncle or something like that. Like it's 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 all like you know father to to son relations at that point. You know, in terms of the naming what, structure. What I'm, what I'm wondering then is because uh, there's a lot of things in like the James Bond mythology where James Bond is kind of like. It's like a, a code name, right? I mean, I know 007 is his code number, but it's sort of like James Bond is just this entity. It's like Iron Man. Like anybody can possess that suit and anybody can take on the mantle of Iron Man. There's an idea that people can kind of take on the mantle of James Bond. That's not really his name. They kind of played sure. with that in like the Daniel Craig stuff. That doesn't really work here because you're talking about like blood relatives that are apparently like that name. What's funny to me is thinking that James Bond had a, brother who was also named james bond and then he had a son who he just named james bond jr but his his brother was much more famous as a super spy so he got all the spotlight it's just like such a weird thing to start with this show it has nothing to do with anything else and nobody ever raises a question about it i just was like wait what hold on genealogy what's going on it also just really lends itself to like a really confusing christmas or thanksgiving dinner where you've got two james bonds that all show up and one's super successful in a suit and the other one's like an it manager and you're just like well i love you guys both the same is a thing that parents say but they never really mean what's so sad is for that it manager that is not the famous james bond he now has the son james bond jr who is taking after his more famous yeah that's kind of that's a that feels like such a huge fuck you to his dad fucked up isn't it yeah yeah He's like, I don't, I don't want to manage database stuff and server farms. And- so God on a limb with me on this one. Okay, I'm let's go. I'm thinking that what happened, all right, mm-hmm. is that James Bond yeah. legitimately had a child, okay? And, I'm going to go with that. And what they did... I'm going to take it a step further than that. I'm going to say he had all the children. <laughs> I'm going to say that for every Bond girl that he's ever laid with on screen or off, they had, they a, had child. a child. All right, so... Yeah, guaranteed. I, I, so many little Bondlings running around out there. I feel like... He had a bondling and then, yeah. you know, he either has like a, like a grandmother or a nan that he was just like, Hey, I need you to raise him, but let's, we, let's call him like James Bond Jr. He's like, you know, but like, yeah. let's say that like something happened to his dad and he's a real hero and it's very heroic and it's sort of like but that definitely trope give story. Him my name, yeah. Yeah. But like, let's give him my name. So it like throws <laughs> him off the scent. 
in yeah. terms of what's happening. Because somebody would be like, genealogy-wise, this would never happen, and it'll yeah. be fine. And then I'll just I'll kind of like ship in gifts to him uh, at yeah, random, really expensive yeah. gifts, like really expensive gifts, and just be like, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, have this, take care of this, and like that's what I'm gonna do as James just Bond. Just a regular gift from your uncle. Right. I'm just yeah. gonna pay my way into his heart, and that's yeah. that's the whole thing, you know. And then he told, he told his grandma, I said, Grandma, look, this is the first one. There's going to be a lot more on the way. Yeah. So just do the same thing with the uh, rest Nan, of them. You better, Nan, you better live forever. Cause Nan, <laughs> you better hang in there, Nan. <laughs> These kids are common. I just love that Nan Bond is like, has an orphanage full of illegitimate children from James Bond who are all going to grow up to be super spies, pretending that their uncle is James Bond, and then just goes off to like very different universities uh, to be super spies. Like one goes to Kingsman, mm-hmm. one goes to Warfield. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that the wasn't that yeah. the plot of Skyfall? Uh, sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that from what I remember of watching Skyfall. Yeah, orphanage. Daniel Craig grew up in an orphanage, orphanage of super spy, illegitimate children. Judy Dench. That's it. That's all I need. Uh, Judy Dench. Got it. Nailed it. Hey, do you guys want to know what this show is actually supposed to be? No. About? Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. not genealogy, though I could talk about that all night. Let's get into it, Dave. What's the show about? Okay, so this show's crazy. While attending prep school at Warfield Academy, James Bond Jr., with the help of his friends IQ, the grandson of Q, and Gordo Leiter, the son of Felix Leiter, fight against the evil terrorist organization SCUM. And if you're wondering what SCUM stands for, because of course <laughs> it's an acronym, it's saboteurs and criminals united in mayhem. Uh, Scum is a specter-like organization. Expanding on his uncle's famous line, James Bond Jr.'s catchphrase was Bond, James Bond, Jr. Uh, Jr. Uh, Jaws, a recurring villain, made regular appearances, usually partnered with Nick Knack, a villain from The Man with the Golden Gun. Auric Goldfinger also appears alongside his assistant, Oddjob. It is revealed uh, Goldfinger has a teenage daughter... Named Goldie Finger. Oh, Jesus. It's a rough, rough childhood for her with equally expensive tastes. Several episode titles parodied the titles of Bond films, such as Live and Let's Dance and Rubies Aren't Forever. So it's like the cheaper version. I wish I was making some of them yeah. up. Yeah, it's like a knockoff, <laughs> like, like alley purchase of a, of a diamond ring or something. <laughs> hey, Rubies Aren't Forever. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? James Bond Jr. <laughs> uh, Bond. James Bond Jr. Hey, Jr. Hey. Jesus. Oh, man. Hey, take this ruby, put it in that uh, laser, <laughs> carve it into the moon. It's going to be fine. They're not forever, but it'll do just as good on the cheap. You got real walking on that for a second. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. <laughs> it's not going to last forever, <laughs> but it'll do the job. <laughs> take this watch. Oh, no. <laughs> put it. <laughs> put it on your wrist. My name is Q. On your wrist. <laughs> it's got a buzzsaw. And rockets. All right. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Possibly the best part of this entire show, the theme song. What are your thoughts on the theme song? Uh, you know what? I will say this. So for a lot of the shows that we've watched, the theme song always comes up at the top. For this show, right. we had a little bit of like, a, a, like a, an intro, like a prologue. Yeah, it was nice. Followed by theme music, jumping and transitioning right into the episode. So... Do you, do you want to talk theme music or do you want no, to talk? No, I want to talk. I want to talk theme music. I just wanted to okay, note cool. that this is like this yeah. kind of seems uh, different. We we haven't had, and maybe this was just pilot episode hijinks where they were just like maybe, but it's also very like cinematic. Like that's a very Bond thing to do. Like they always have that opening scene. There's usually yep. a chase, a car chase, a chase across rooftops, a chase, chase, chase. 
Uh, and then Bond says something like, oh, snarky, snarky line. Uh, and then snarky, snarky line. Like he's waiting like, in a line at a chase bank. Yeah. Perfect. Like, oh, I'm so tired. Of <laughs> Banking hours. <laughs> terrible. Oh God. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I thought this theme song was actually really, I, I'll say this. I think this is the first time I've ever said this. I thought that this theme song was kind of classy. Yes. It definitely had a, uh, I almost said lounge singer quality to it, but like, a classy lounge scene, yeah like back before they were like super gross uh it, it does have that classic bond feel to it without being a direct ripoff of the bond melody or theme um yeah it's it's nicely done yeah very well sang very well kind of like orchestrated and put together memorable it kind of gets in your head even after only hearing it one I, time but it's not it's not annoying from the early 90s the 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 line that's at the very end where it just goes James Bond Jr. chases scum. James Bond Jr. chases scum. Around the world. Like, that's been in my head for, like, nearly 25 years now at this point. I was going to say at least a week, yeah. but somewhere between a week and 25 yeah. years, yeah. Because last week when I asked Sean, I was like, what are, we, what are we watching again? He was like, and he sang that line. I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird that you know that. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, cannot, I cannot give you another word from the theme song no. except for that kind of, like, final, like, crescendo to like see you Look, in the if, episode if you've got james bond jr and scum you've got about half the words so you're pretty yeah good. i'm fine with that yeah, i think it's very good. weird how in the theme song they mention um uh like that he learned to do this like from his uncle yeah reinforcing the whole weird family thing but beyond that yeah and like it says that he's now heir to the name um Come on, let's just cut the shit. Like it's his kid. Like it's his kid, and he's just trying to like avoid, you know, paying paying child support on this this fucking cheeky maybe bastard. It's like maybe it is like the name thing, and he's just like been chosen to be like the ne- like the heir apparent to James Bond. So they're just like, well, we're pretty sure you got this, but you're just like junior. You're, you're not quite like fully fledged James Bond yet. I, I so feel like though we're just gonna groom you to take take his place once he inevitably dies or decides to go off the grid. But I feel like if they were gonna train somebody up to like get ready for this, they wouldn't send him to like a boarding school. They'd send him to that school that you <laughs> went to in like the Kingsman. Yeah, exactly the Kingsman. Yeah. Well this is kinda like that though, because we'll we'll get into this in a second. They don't tease it a whole lot in this first episode, but there are people there who are like there's like a guy who's a gym teacher who's clearly cut out to be much more than a gym Fucking teacher. Fucking Carl like Weathers. <laughs> yeah, Carl Weathers. In the, in the like, cut-off uh, sweatshirt that was all cut off. Oh, up God. Um, and, yeah, so he's, like, former spy, like, friends with uh, James Bond and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, every, everybody, everybody knows, like, somebody else through either, like, a family member or, like, some other, like, relationship. Yeah. Like, everybody's a proxy to somebody else, you yeah. know, that's... Which makes zero sense. Yeah, which... I mean, it makes sense within the marketing and, and all that stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. it's just... It's so funny that, like, all of these people would have children, and then they'd just be like, oh, yeah, and James Bond, who happens to be the uncle of this kid, yeah. and they're all being Let's sent to the... a secret. They're all getting sent to the same boarding school, like, wink. Like, it just... It seems... It seems kind of crazy. Plus... Uh, this school, as we will get into, seems like it yeah. has garbage security for a place Zero. that has like some of like I, I you know some of the most prestigious students that are attending it uh, from the and spy look, world. Yeah, and these kids are driving like Aston Martins and convertibles and all kinds of stuff. You'd think they'd have at least like gated security for the cars, if not the kids. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I do like that they gave they gave uh, James pretty much like his own castle to live in though while he's on. <laughs> while yeah, he's on I, oh god. 
This, yeah, we'll get it's a it. weird we'll Hogwarts it. thing that was going on with yeah. this. <laughs> That's what J.K. Rowling actually based her story on was James Bond Jr. I was, just, I was waiting for Hagrid to show up and be like, James, you're a spy, James. You're a spy, James. And he's yeah. just like, what? <laughs> Don't you think on it, James. Don't you think on it for one and minute. And he pulls this cake like out of his, like a crushed cake out of his, out of his butt. And just like, yeah. fuck. It's funny, Hagrid was actually in spy school, but he got kicked out for doing spying uh, uh, illegally. Now he's not supposed to do any spying anymore, but the dean lets him do it every once in a but while. But he's the groundskeeper. He just, ri- but he's also the just rides a sick motorcycle around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing actually, flips and tricks. I now want a James Bond Harry Potter crossover. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? I would actually kill, literally kill a man for an R uh, series. I'd love for them to explore kind of like the R mythology in uh, Harry Potter. That'd be really cool. I mean, just putting that out there, recorded and broadcast live to hundreds, if not thousands of people, that I would kill a man for a Harry Potter cartoon series. <laughs> well, look at it this way. Uh, we've already proven that J.K. Rowling's, and we were sidebarring on this, we've already proven that, that J.K. Rowling's is just like, you know what? I'm going to go get some more cash right now. And so, I mean, like, plays, oh, yeah. She's... books, new movies. She's already announced that there's going to be more Harry Potter stuff. So, I mean, you know, oh, buckle yeah. up. You're probably going to get deep it. In that, you... She's deep in that swimming pool full of gold oh, coins man. at this point. You can't look. Yeah. Guys, how do you think we keep the lights on here at Pottermore? All right. We just keep cashing in on little, little hints and tips and tricks that there might be yeah. some more HP coming up. We don't mean Hewlett Packard. Might be. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's no more Hewlett Packard coming up. Okay, <laughs> anything else from this theme song here? No, it's a great theme song. Loved it. Great theme song. Awesome. And as you mentioned before, the theme song comes after an intro chase sequence, which was such a cool way to tie it into the James Bond movie universe. Sure. Um, that it was, it was neat to see that in the cartoon. However, <laughs> out of context, <laughs> I have a lot of questions no. for this like two minute segment that just, I just I, it's fun. Yeah, it is. I just, I really thought like at some point, like during the themes, like during the transition from the theme song into the show, yeah. or even at the beginning, they could have done like the black circle, like the the white circle with the black background. Yeah, iris out, yeah. iris in. Just sort yeah. of like the reticle of the gun, and then he. Oh, that would have been. Cool. And then he just shoots like a like a paper clip or like a like a rubber band gum uh, gun at somebody, Something. like you know, just like real quick. I would have been like, oh, that's too much. That's too kiddish. I feel like the censors were probably just like, mm, maybe don't have somebody in like the sights of a sniper rifle on this one. Yeah. But- you know, it's unfortunate standards and practice because he was always the one that was like in the in the sights and then he turns and fires. Yeah, that's how it goes. But it doesn't work that way in James Bond Jr. <laughs> He's just driving his sweet, sick ass Aston Martin <laughs> uh, through the English countryside um, yeah, as well. Super, super sweet. <clears throat> yeah. um, you know, and he just uh, he's being chased. He's being he's he, uh, yeah. somebody else is in pursuit. Uh, we have no idea who this person is. No, you don't even know it's James Bond to begin right. with. Like it's just a sports car-ish looking thing, and then they're just driving down a windy country road at high rate of speed, and they're being chased by a sedan. You have no clue who's who, what the deal is, where they're going. Anyway. Uh, but we do know that the car that is giving pursuit, uh, out of the hood or where an engine of a vehicle may have been, um, normally it's just a, it's just going to be a laser gun, and yep. on the uh, the back windshield of the car that is uh, is being chased, uh, just has like a like kind of like a metal barrier <laughs> reflection piece that kind yeah. of just comes up out of the actual trunk. I feel like these two things is kind of like a cold war they got going yeah, on. Here. Yeah, it's kind of a nice yeah. I feel like this is sort of like a never ending story of just uh, of just two factions just kind of you know going to war toe to toe and uh, nobody wins, nobody loses, um, yeah. except our wallets. Our wallets and a couple of motorcycles, yeah. which we'll explain here. Pretty in a much. Uh, 
So, I mean, it's a cool kind of chase scene. It, the editing's not great. It kind of cuts back and forth weirdly sometimes, and there's not a whole lot of tension to it until that crazy gun pops up. Um, that, followed by the fact that we do, like, some type of a sick GTA-style jump off of a farmer's truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. With a bunch of hay bales. Yeah, do like, and, <laughs> and, then, and then this is finally the moment where we reveal JBJ, all right? Finally. And, uh, and JBJ... 60 seconds into this cartoon now i finally know what this is about yeah Whew, thank god i was on i was yeah. i was waiting with bated breath and finally mm-hmm. we get to we cut to the jbj so um they do this whole thing where they the first line of dialogue of this is just Man. a fucking campy <laughs> unnecessary like reaction to what's happened because as we mentioned he gta styles in this aston martin car giving pursuit does not for some reason, do a sick trick off of these that, hay bales. I think because that laser gun was way in their front end down, oh. they didn't quite have the, uh, the launch to get off of that ramp. <laughs> I love I'll that, bring physics into this. I, la- yeah. I love that you just logic the fuck out of this problem. <laughs> um, and it's just JBJ, and he just goes, pity they missed the flight. I'm just like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> but look, I'll give it to him, because that's something that could have been straight out of an actual Bond movie, too. So yeah, it's fine. He's got a lot of these, by the way. Yeah, they're and they get very tiring, but um, <laughs> they are kind of drawn from the movie. Yeah, uh, so bad. you think at this moment, Dave, you're in the clear. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he jumped the he jumped the fence essentially. He's now tearing ass through the the hillside. Nah, he's fine. nope. Oh man, because if we learn anything, where there's cars, there's probably a pair of sick motorbikes that are coming after you with, as well. With the rocket launchers on them, bunch of sick Kawasaki ninjas shooting <laughs> shooting rockets at you. So, I mean, what would, you, what would you do in this situation? Now, you're driving through the countryside. You've got an Aston Martin. You can do sick GTA stunts. Now you've got two motorcycles coming after you. What is the same thing to do? Uh, great question. I would handle this in the way that I handle most traffic every day. I would smash the flight conversion button on my Aston mm. Martin. See, I would have just driven off the cliff like he did, and I didn't think far enough ahead to be like, ah, Ow. flight conversion. <laughs> Probably should have had that installed. Yeah, but the, I'm glad you did. But this because you were being. Chased. But this is what's insane is that he just he gets to this point where they're reaching this cliff and he just yeah. and and James, JBJ just drives right off of the cliff, right off right off the cliff. These motorcycles are just like poof. That guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> they're like, well, job done. It, <laughs> like that was easy. And and to make matters worse, he's not that crazy because two seconds later. This car, all right, that Dave has logicked into this hay bale on the back of a truck, That's right. smashes into both of these Kawasaki ninjas and pushes them over the edge. With the as, the, like, as the drivers dive <laughs> off to <laughs> the side. It was the most, uh, the most ridiculous thing so far in this series, or in this, in this episode. Right. Because it made zero sense. There was no reason to do that. It was just, they just wanted to bonk the motorcycles off the now, did you for no reason. Now, for two seconds, I thought this yeah. because of the way, um, again, if we're adding physics into this, all right, so you have a car that's going at like a certain speed, all right, that yep. drives off a cliff, all right? Yep. I'm not trying to make this into a math problem, but this is exactly where we're heading. Too late. We got the whiteboard. <clears throat> right. Here we go. Car going off the cliff at a certain rate of speed, yeah. all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have a pretty rapid descent as it's coming mm-hmm. down, all right? Yeah, pretty much straight <clears throat> down immediately. But it's not going to go straight down because it's in motion. All right. It's in motion, so it's going to be a gradual. Uh, you'd think that, but uh, because the, all the weight, like the center of mass is way forward in cars. If you watch like any of the Mythbusters episodes where they actually tried to push cars off of a cliff, okay. most of the time it fell way shorter than they thought oh, it really? would. Oh, really? And I mean, mostly because, yeah, they didn't have a, a high rate of speed to begin with, but it very quickly just like drops into like a straight plummet. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah. So in this moment, based on that, so thank you for explaining that. Because in my brain, I'm thinking to myself, you would go off of a cliff and then your car would just fall. You know, as you have mentioned, yes, essentially, as, you would, yeah. <laughs> as you have mentioned that this would happen because in this moment where these Kawasaki ninjas go over as well, I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to fall on top of the car. Yeah. I was like, or like explode or yeah. I was like, that's an even scarier threat to have to deal with yeah. is that you're being crushed by these two sick Kawasaki ninjas that are falling on top of your fucking Aston Martin. Like, that seems like a rivalry that like nobody wants to fuck with. And I don't think that's covered in insurance. That's a very specific situation. Absolutely not. Look, you do, you do progressive, they're going to laugh at you and just be like, nope, brah. Like, you do Geico, that lizard's going to come out and say, no. You're in that Aston Martin and you're just like, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They're going yeah. to show up and be like, oh, fuck, you're going to die. They're going to teleport your ass out of that situation. Get the hell out, man. Do. The car's a wreck. Kawasaki's are gone, <laughs> but you're at least yeah. safe. But in free fall this episode sponsored by state farm <laughs> guys were like look state farm's gonna save your life so just get it yeah, just, get, just it. get it um so in free fall he just mashes this flight conversion button because yeah. this car definitely needs some type of a deus ex machina you know within the first two minutes of the show yeah definitely absolutely don't save it at the end the, guys. i love the I love the mechanics of it though, because it wasn't like wings that shoot out and then like a rocket launcher, like a like a rocket afterburner in the back. This is a fucking propeller that comes out. Like, come on, man! You've got the Aston Martin. You literally put a flight conversion module in this thing. At least get some like jet power. Nah, it's just the well, the the, the doors uh, like flip out and then fold yeah. down onto the side of the car to become wings. Yeah, and we got right. this dinky little propeller. That's how it works. It just looked like the propeller. Yeah, that, it's just tiny little like nose propeller. Like it looks like the little propeller that like everybody has sort of as a joke and like one of those like visors and the hat that has like yeah. multicolor. Like a beanie. Yeah, it's like yeah. a little beanie hat, and you're just like, oh, that's an adorable flying car. That's gonna be so cute when you plummet into the yeah. rocks at the bottom of this cliff. <laughs> the, guys, this whole cartoon could have ended within the first two minutes and thirty seconds, and we would have been like, would have been it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> if that would have been like James Bond, and they never did the reveal, like if that was James Bond, and then. James Bond Jr. like it's put into action or something. Like, that would have been crazy. That would have been great. Because then it would have been like, is James Bond actually dead? What happened to the Aston Martin? What's going on? But no, they're just like, it's James Bond Jr. He's fine. He flew away in a jet car. They could have. Uh, they could have done like a bunch of crazy things where like, uh, where like James Bond could have showed up like in the like the hearth of like a fireplace, like in the fire, yeah. like as an uncle, but, like, like giving giving young JBJ like notes about like how to do stuff. But like do it twice in two successive episodes and completely change the effects both times. Ooh, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. To really screw with your kids. Heads. Oh, guys, I think we just really want to end this episode and go watch some Harry just Potter. Watch Harry we just want to watch Harry Potter tonight. I think okay, we're trying to go say. Watch <laughs> Sean and I are actually going to start a Harry Potter series. We're pitching it to JK Rowling. We're going to do an animated series based on, um, the Marauders. I think we're going to do a Marauders Ooh. series and we're going to do an R series. And if you guys would like that, head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday morning cartoon. Okay, so we've knocked motorcycles off the cliff. James Bond drove off the cliff, but he then flew away to parts unknown. Now, who, why would you knock these motorcycles off the cliff? And second question, follow up, why are you dressed completely in purple? Yeah, what are you doing? Crazy. Like, look, crazy I honestly, person. I thought that the reveal was going to be that this was David Tennant. And this was like a prequel to fucking Jessica yeah. Jones. And I would, have been, Jones. I would have been like, all right, yeah, I'm on board with this. I'm totally I'm cool like, with it. Wow, you guys set that up 25 years in the past. Yeah, killed fucking it. Fucking smart. Um, nice. But the, the whole thing is, is that so like Purple Dude shows up and then the real villain shows up. Well, the Bull of. Terrier. 
Oh yeah. Did you, now, did you catch the names? What did you catch? The, Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, it's a, it's a bull terrier. Uh, no, I just it was like the little Target mascot dog. What, did he have a name? Oh yeah. Well, no, no, the uh, the Bud Light dog back in the day was also like a bull, a bull terrier, yeah, bull terrier of some kind, mm-hmm. and his name was Spuds McKenzie. Oh yeah, yeah, he was the original or party McKenzie. dog, original party yeah, animal, yeah, yeah. party dog. Yeah, that poor thing. Yeah, he's probably died of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> but anyway, so you don't get the actual names of Purple Man or Mean Dog, who's actually like super cute but also super mean, until later. But we're gonna tell you them now because that's how this works. So do you remember the name of Purple Man? Uh, yeah, it's a Scum Lord. Scumlord. Yeah, get ready. And then, did you catch the dog's name? No. What's the dog's name? Scuzzball. Fuzzball. Scuzzball. Scuzz. Shut the fuck up. Scuzzball. Jesus. He says it later on. He's like Scuzzball. Oh god damn it! It's real bad. And then we get the recognizable villain of Jaws, who might be the least conspicuous thing ever created in cartoon history. He's roughly eight feet tall, probably weighing in at about four hundred pounds. And his suit is not quite big enough for him. So <laughs> I just love the design of it. Like, why just give him a suit? Like, why does he have to have, like, like flood pants on? It doesn't make And obviously the giant metal lower jaw. Yeah. yeah. Now, in the, in the actual movie, did Jaws have a metal lower jaw? Was that, like, a signature of his character? He had, he had, he had metal top teeth. I think that was it. So it wasn't, like, a whole jaw. I think he just had the, uh, like, the metal caps on his teeth. Okay. Because he, like, watching this Jaws character... And, and sort of his character design made me think of cops yes. for some reason. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Jaws doesn't actually appear until later. I jumped the gun. But uh, yeah, he does look a lot like one of the guys from, from cops. Yeah. So it just, uh, it just was kind of crazy. Like he just, he looked like this big hulking brute that just had this totally, you know, replaced cybernetic jaw uh, with these like giant metal teeth. Um, also, here's my big question though. Shoot. Um, if, I got a lot of questions. If you're going to give somebody that type of a physical enhancement, all right, uh-huh. I'm going to assume that some tragedy befell him when he was working with Scum or some other criminal organization, and like his entire bottom jaw just got ripped off. Much you know? like Baron Underbite. Yeah, exactly. And so mm-hmm. his entire jaw, like, and, and, and you would want to fix that. Like, if you're working for a criminal sure, organization, yeah. like, you'd just be like, oh, man, like, you know, our HMO is going to go crazy this year, but like, you know, we got this high deductible plan, so let's just pay it off now. Let's just get one. And this get guy's a great henchman, but his tongue's just like literally hanging out yeah. of his throat <laughs> hole, and it's really creeping the secretaries out, and we got to fix it. It's hard this. to focus. It's great for intimidation. Low for morale. Like, and then when he's just like gasping and slobbering all over you, it's just, it's just a tough day at the office. Yeah, it's a tough sell. Um, but why would you give that kind of like robotic enhancement? to somebody who is as intelligent as a brick. And I'm not talking like a pile of bricks. I'm talking like a single fucking brick. Yeah, without even like, like mob mentality. Brick. Solitary brick. Here's my question, though. Yeah. Uh, so he's got sweet lower jaw action going Ooh. on. He's got like super sharp, triangular, like shark teeth yeah. for his body. Why would you not also give him an upper some kind of plate so that when he closes his mouth, he doesn't cut his own face in half? Because that's what it looks like he's doing every single time. It looks like he's in danger of shearing the rest of his face off. Dave, you have to, you have to realize these people play by a different set of rules. It's a whole other country, literally. <laughs> and, 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 and keeping that in mind, that sense of danger needs to be present in your work at uh, all times. And so, look, okay. if you think, if I put you to work tomorrow, all right, mm-hmm. with the idea that it's something, like if I upgraded your fingers but I didn't upgrade them enough 
Because you're typing. You're typing all day. You're, you're... Can, I, can I type like Ghost in the Shell style where they just like split apart and they go... <clears throat> 100%. Problem is, nice. is if you ever stop typing, your fingers just snap off like twigs. Oh, shit. You'd be well, like, fuck, like, I got to do this. Like, this is what scum has in place. Motivate you your employees. I like it. This is, a, this is another just, Six just... <laughs> Sigma methodology for oh, keeping man, employees together. motivated to do a good job. Look, if you're going to create terrorist organizations like this, like G.I. Joe, like scum, mm-hmm. you got to get on the ball, Dave. How am I going to get out you? Th- how am I going to get you out there motivating these people if I you can't you have know. a sense of danger yourself? I just want you to know, the first time I try to bite a metal bumper and my upper teeth shear off and crack at the roots because I don't have like a reinforced metal anything, I uh, just want you to know that I'll be back in the dentist chair probably on Monday. And you don't have to worry about it. Scum pays 100% of your oh, dental. Nice. After a deductible. Uh, right? No, 100%. It's, medical is deductible. 100% of dental and vision. Oh. Oh, fantastic. They also have a 401k matching program. <laughs> Up to 6%. <laughs> Up to 6%. <laughs> Can you tell who just did their taxes? Um, okay, so currently James Bond Jr. is still flying through the air with the greatest of ease. Where is he headed? He is going to... We haven't even gotten to the place yeah. that follows up the theme <laughs> song yet. Uh, it's going to be rough. Hey, it turns out it is the first day of a new term at Warfield, which is nice. the, the school that he touches down as they're doing roll call. He has his little beanie propeller Aston Martin, which is a, which is a, which is a, a, is a DB5 Aston Martin. And it just it touches down gracefully in the parking lot and just parks itself. Boom. I tell you what, though, I did like that park job that he did. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, right. Just like, like a, a glove. glove. Just real good. Real good. So, okay, so at this point, yeah, he meets the dean, and the dean is uh, surprisingly not like most deans that we're used to from like 80s college comedies or things like that. Like, he's not like a complete dick. He's just kind of like, uh, you're James Bond Jr. Let's go have a chat. And he essentially, like, uh, is basically, well, you're grounded for a week because we can't have these theatrics and stuff going on, but we'll still give you a tour and you can just hang out at school. I, like, oh, okay, the, I guess. This, these, the punishment that this Dean uh, puts in place is crazy because, I mean, there's, there's punishment that gets dished out again at the very end of the episode. But for this, right. he's just like, you're grounded and confined to the school grounds. And it's just like, it, what? James Bond Jr. couldn't go to Hogsmeade was essentially yeah. the parallel here. <laughs> Until he got his uncle to sign his permission slip. <laughs> Uh, but then, so we, we go through this exchange. Anything else yeah. from this, like, grounding exchange, this little? Uh, I mean, there's some other kids and stuff around, but it doesn't really meet them until later, so there's no point well, we get, to it. Like, this is the crazy thing, is that as he's touching down, you're sort of exposed to kind of, like, a very high-level overview uh, or yeah. visual of all the students that he's going to come in interaction with. And you realize right. very quickly that this is the most ragtag group of fucking tropes uh, <laughs> that money could assemble uh, back yeah. in the early 90s. Um, yeah. And these people are... Like pre-planeteers, kind of. Oh, my God, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty bad, because we are walked around um, by... We walked around by an African-American gentleman who has an American accent. All right? By the name of Burton Buddy Mitchell. Yep, Burton Buddy Mitchell, all right, is, uh, is walking him around. Now... This guy looks like he could be an ambassador to the school, all right? Because he is showing James Bond Jr. around. He's, uh, he's giving him an idea. He even says, he says, I used to know your father. I worked yeah. with him. I'm in the, I used to be in the FBI. 
Well, father or uncle? Uh, uncle, sorry. I mean, we know it's the father. Wink, wink, that wink. That would have been, man, that would have been like right out of the <laughs> gates. First time this guy meets it. I used to know your father. Your uncle. Oh, son of James a bitch. <laughs> Damn it. I had one job. <laughs> Just trying to keep this secret going. So they. This dude looks like Hightower from the police academy. Oh my movies. god! Yes. Like when he's in like his training, his training gear. That's exactly what he yeah. reminded me of. He uh, he reminded me of like a patriotic uh, Carl Weathers in yes. a Rocky movie. It's yes. like same kind of gear, yeah. same kind of getup, you know, same kind of attitude. Um, yeah. But like you're thinking to yourself, like this guy seems prestigious. He seems like yeah. he's had a pretty great career. For some reason, he's at this school in England doing this stuff, and then you realize he's just the gym coach. He's just, he's a just a fucking gym, gym coach. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have given That's him it. a better occupation? He's just a fucking gym coach. Hey, man, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I, so <laughs> I guess this is both for him. I'm going to dress in these cut-off warm-ups with the hope that someday uh, somebody allows me to run a PE class in England at a private academy for a bunch <laughs> Yeah, at a, at a prep fucking... school for young spies. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, living the dream. God. All right, so who else do we get to meet? Because he's, he's soon introduced to uh, his Hogwarts, his Gryffindor dorm room, and he gets to meet uh, his roommate. Yeah, he gets to meet his roommate. Uh, his roommate uh, goes by the nickname of IQ. Um, Curious. I'm sure that doesn't tie into like the Bond mythology uh, at all. It, it's just a cool name. It does. Right? There's another Q oh. in the Bond mythology, and guess what? They're related. What? Oh, boy. Yep. I'm going to guess he's uh, the grandson. Uh, yeah, he's the, he's the grandson of Q. Um, yeah. So, uh, so IQ, um, or what, his name is uh, Bertroid. His last name. Yeah, his it sounds last like that. Yeah. It sounds like that. Horace Boothroyd the third. <laughs> they make these names as fake British as possible. Oh, by the way, they get worse. They get worse. <clears throat> so he's so a- he's he's essentially like yeah, like Q. He's kind of mad scientist, kind of a genius, but he he messes around with tech and stuff. And here's another one of uh, JBJ's fantastic lines. Did you write this one down? Uh, is it yokes on us? Yeah, so to set it up, uh, IQ decides like to make this concoction that like cooks a ten minute egg in like two seconds or something like that, and whatever the egg essentially explodes, and then JBJ says what he said. Uh, one we missed earlier when the motorcycles come after James, he says these Sunday drivers. <laughs> oh God! Just had to throw that out there. Here comes my next big question. Get on with it from James Bond. Do Jr. it. So IQ is, they're walking along, they're headed to like the cafeteria, just going to hang out. And IQ is like, oh, by the way, I got this sweet watch. It's got like mini rockets inside it. You want to see me launch this rocket? I'm not going to wait for an answer. I'm just going to shoot a rocket into the space. So they shoot a rocket. I don't remember 100% what happens, except that it hits a tree. And what kind of tree? Dude, Because I, what did it knock what, down? It looked like it was a tomato apple. It looked like a giant red pepper to me. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck kind of red pepper trees are growing in England? <laughs> Uh, it's guys, if we have any UK listeners, what kind of weird ass apples do you have growing over there? I don't even know. It, it's, it's this thing. It looked like a pepper. I mean, it looked like a pepper tomato apple. Yeah. The way like, like someone who, but to think about that for a second, not the fact that it was like a rocket and a watch and they, whatever. And they caught this thing. The fact that like someone said, Hey, draw an apple falling from a tree. And somebody was like, mm, I, I guess. <laughs> they drew like a, like a rectangle with like a stem on it. I think the thing is, is that you and I, we don't understand. They may have like, rich people might have all new kinds of fruits and vegetables that we don't have access to. It could if literally be- square fruits, I'm going to be real upset. It could be a crazy fucking superfruit that's got like the potency and the nutrition of like all the fruit 
in one piece. Are you trying to tell me this was the original Garden of Eden apple? Could have been. Is this what you're telling me? What I'm trying to tell you, all right, yeah. is that Tony Horton, all uh-huh. right, from P90X fame, all right. I'm aware. He's thinking, he's trying to tell you, you could buy this crazy expensive apple from a boarding school yeah. in England. You could. Or you Real could, expensive, by Or the way. you could buy Shakeology, and you could really get in on that. Look, one is harvested by rockets fired from a watch. Uh, another one just gets shipped to you by UPS. I mean, can you imagine? This episode sponsored by Shakeology. Shake-o- can you imagine people out in a field shooting little mini wrist rockets? <laughs> just one harvest- at a time. Harvesting things off of a tree? Like, pew, pew, pew. Oh, you know. Some weird, weird pepper apples. Yeah, full, full day, David. Come on in and enjoy and, and reap the bounty that we have. <laughs> Come in and replenish your rockets. Yeah. This is just crazy. Got a lot of harvesting to do tomorrow. We're in like minute... Feast upon these apple peppers. Yeah. We're in like minute four of this fucking show. I know. It's, that was my main question. Like, I was like, why is James Bond Jr. and it's his uncle? And why are there apple peppers? I kind of want to make a hybrid apple pepper now, though. Okay. It does sound kind of good. What if you could eat... Would you rather eat a pepper that tastes like an apple or an apple that tastes like a pepper? I'd rather... Important question. I'd rather uh, uh, an apple that tastes like a pepper. Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird, though? Yeah. I mean, it'd be really weird, but... Quest, question of the <clears throat> podcast. Okay, speaking of weird, <laughs> we've got... Uh, let's go through the rest of this Motley crew, yeah. because we've, like you said, we kind of hit every trope. Right. So who, who's uh, He-Man surfer dude? Uh, Gordon. Yeah. He's, he looks like He-Man, talks like a surfer dude. Yep. Literally surfs, like, down a set of steps. He, he and his, his, and his wave... His, his line to outro is tubular waves coming on. And then he just jumps on like a, like a, like a dinner tray and surfs yeah, down and fucking stairs. We have a, uh, in England, in a prep school in England. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Sure, Hang ten, bro. We've got a, Hang who ten, is this? Bro. Who's this love interest that we got going on here, Dave? Oh, you mean the meet cute with Tracy Milbank? Ooh, who is she related to? She's got a complicated backstory because her father is the Dean of Warfield Academy. And she doesn't like bad boys Ooh. or something. Maybe she does. We don't know. Um, we've got. Her, Let's find out. We've got her real nerdy friend, Phoebe Farragut. Phoebe Farragut. She's essentially Velma. Yeah, hundred percent Velma. She's just like a like a a, a yellow shirt wearing Velma. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Um, and who's this? Uh, who like? We obviously know that James Bond, uh, you know, is being Chase our is protagonist. His antagonist yep. is clearly scum. Who is yep. his on-campus antagonist, though? I would have to say a fellow by the name of Trevor Noseworthy the Fourth. Now, if you could sum Trevor Noseworthy the Fourth up in one word, what one very British word? What would it be? <laughs> oh God, a bunch of them just ran through my head. Um, I don't know. What were you going for? Oh, I was going to go with a hard C, but. I guess you probably. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I did not go there, but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, this dude's a real. This guy's a real piece he's of your, shit. He's your typical like he's dressed preppy. He's got like the sweater vest thing, and what, what I didn't understand was like there was no cause for him to be such a douche. Like, but that's he basically the, trips. But that's yeah. the hallmark of a good douche. Sure, is that they don't have a reason to be a douche. They're just a douche. So let's just run through the things that he does because he's not important to the story yeah. whatsoever. So, except to introduce him as like a douche. Right. So he, at some point, while, while the kids are playing soccer or footy, as I call it, I guess, uh, he trips IQ for no apparent reason. 
and just cause them to like crash to the ground. Yeah. And then before they can like start a fight, they kind of like break it up and it's not a big deal. And then later he's trying to get James caught because spoiler alert, he actually like leaves against curfew and goes out on a, on a, <laughs> a mission essentially. Yeah. And Trevor tries to get him caught and in trouble with the Dean, but it backfires in a couple of ways. Right. So like, I think what he, he gets caught spying and I think Gordon turns the sprinklers on him at one point. Yeah. He's a, uh, so at some point, Tracy and Gordon are going in uh, Dean Milbank's office. Right, right, right. Because, they because c- apparently there's a secret passage there that he doesn't know about, but she does somehow. Yeah. Uh, sure. So it used to be, a, so the whole facility used to be a counterintelligence training base, and it right. has this secret passage. And so, uh, so Douche, so Douche Noseworthy is, <laughs> is kind of spying on them up in a tree, and Gordon sees it, and he's just like, knows where you'll never learn. And so he just like cracks a sprinkler that shoots like a hydrant damages, up into the fucking tree. Yeah, and just, just, he damages school property. Yeah. And, but James, and Bond, this kid. but James Bond and his flying car is the one who gets grounded. I was waiting for there to be like a double secret probation waiting to make this like an animal house reference. And I just, there still could be, still could be. God. All right. So here's one of the things that I actually really liked about the show was the villains. This didn't make any sense by the end of it because they kind of throw it away, which made no sense. But the villain's motive. We actually get a scene between Mr. Purple, uh, Scumlord, and uh, Jaws. Now, Mr. Purple's watching the kids, which is super creepy, but we learn why he's actually watching them and, and what he's after. Yeah, because he's wearing a trench coat and he's trying to expose himself. Wait, yeah, did and you he's get literally something else so like a, he's, uh, he's like a purple trench coat and purple hat wearing dude standing on a hilltop. Looking at kids at a prep school. I'm pretty sure somebody's <laughs> going to notice your ass, but apparently not. Yeah, with binoculars, like in the middle of the day. So, but what he wants, he wants nothing to do with the kids. He wants the Aston Martin, because apparently there's a quote-unquote top-secret, high-powered, electromagnetic pulse generator in the Aston Martin that he can use to erase uh, computer data from England's economic and defense computers and essentially allow scum to, like, waltz in and take over the place. I thought that was actually fairly sophisticated for a cartoon that started off as goofy as this did. Right. I actually, I feel, I feel really, I feel like a real dum dum, um, because I thought it wasn't high powered. I thought it was hive powered. Ooh. Um, and so I wrote just like bees. Yeah, I wrote down like top secret hive powered electromagnetic pulse generator, and I was like, guys, here we go again on the roll with just bullshit technology in these cartoons. <laughs> Um, but high powered makes a lot more sense now that you're saying it. So. But I prefer hive powered because we are talking cartoons. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Okay, so now we know what Scumlord is after. He's not trying to touch on the kitties. He's actually trying to get some tech stuff for Scum. <laughs> so yeah, go, to go down that we... train of thought, Dave. <laughs> Ooh, I let that one go. So they set up this thing where they're, this is the stupidest part, maybe. So the smartest part followed by the stupidest part where they're like, I know how to get James Bond Jr. So to good. come to me. I'm going to send him a message from his uncle telling him to come to the post office to pick up a package. This is like the... Most, the most basic, quaint. like adorable means uh, for a villain to just be like, I'm going to get, uh, but boss, how will you get the car? I'm going to have him bring it to me. You're just like, uh, okay. I just what? like the picture. I like the picture either Scum Lord or Jaws walking to the post office and just being like, oh, hello, good afternoon. I would like to make a call to uh, James Bond Jr., Warfield Academy. Tell him his uncle James Bond called. And he has a package he would like to pick up. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Uh, cheers. Like, what? Just 
make the call. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's so many different things I could have done, but they're just like, yeah, I got to pick up a package from my uncle and I'm going to break curfew to do it. Wait, and I'm going to take secret passages to get to my flying car. The amazing thing that you would think on this, all right, is that like, <clears throat> so James has obviously been grounded. All right. Yeah. So he has literally to stay. And, and, and twice figuratively. Literally, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like <clears throat> he needs to stay, he needs to stay on campus. All right. Uh, but he sneaks out with Tracy. All right. Oh yeah. Because uh, Tracy's just like, I don't like bad boys because I'm already a bad girl. And you're just like, what? She's like, I don't like bad boys because I used to be one. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So it was a twist I didn't see coming, but I, I was like, we're that digging either. it. That's pretty. Yeah, uh-huh. let's go with that. I'm on board. Um, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, the biggest identifying factor of James and leaving him leaving campus, the small campus yeah. that only seems to have a handful like of kids. Like a driveway. Yeah. That's it. Um, is that IQ drives the car off of the campus and i'm just like isn't everybody's gonna see you like and they're gonna know that the car is gone so they're gonna be like where did he go with the car you know which you know a common defense in that is just be like oh i just loaned my car out to any bloke that would like to go for a sunday drive yeah exactly what what the fuck like it it just like i mean guys we're way overthinking this like oh, yeah. to the point 100%. of like this is too much. This is absurd. Like this is ridiculous. But it, it's just like one of those like little key things where you're just like, they couldn't have found like a fun spy way to get the like. I'm sure that the car is got. Look, the car fucking floats. All right. What's to say it can't it floats? It flies. Yeah. What's to say it can't have like a Harry Potter invisibility cloak? Yeah, cloaking device. You know? Sure. Get one of them Deathly Hallows inside that fucking car. Yeah. Put it in the lining. Yeah. Whatever. I don't get like, whatever you want to Here, do. Here's just. Here's the thing, like the logic of this show is so bonkers because at this point now, uh, let's say you and I were going to the post office, yeah? Let's do it. And I've, I've got to run in and pick up post, uh, a package from my super sweet spy, Uncle Dad. Uh, you just hang out here with my incredibly expensive super spy car. You just hang out. And if you see, look, I don't know what you're going to do. What would you do if you saw like a giant with a metal jaw coming at you? Oh uh, man, I would hide. Just the... hy- hypothetically. Uh, just hypothetically. I Hypothetically, I would hide in the back seat of the car and then work my way. Would you just way. like crouch down like real low? Yeah, yeah. I'd, cr- I'd crouch down uh, real low because, you know, guaranteed, you know, for that eight foot behemoth that's going to get in the car, he's not going to try to adjust the seat or anything like that. And Aston Martin, <laughs> absolutely not. just... You should just throw the entire back seat out of the car at that point. I just thought that he would have just, I just ripped that off the just top like, of it and just gotten, like, just... Yeah. I'm surprised he just didn't pick the car up in his mouth and just walk yeah. off. Because he, he does later. He, he bites not the car. Like, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a far-fetched thing to say. I know. That happens in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I just wanted him to eat the car. Yeah. Well, we're going to get She's there. like, sorry, boss. <laughs> I your high-powered post. Real hungry. Real hungry, um, boss. But, this metal jaw. But yeah, but Tracy is in this car while IQ and James go to get a package. Right. Um, and, and she, instead of like getting out of the car or driving away, right. uh, she just crouches down in the back seat of the car and, and just gets kidnapped. She kidnaps yeah, herself. She kidnaps yeah. herself. She's self-kidnapped because Jaws doesn't even know she's in there at that point. It's not like he looks and is like, oh, weird crouching kind of girl. I guess that's whatever. He just <laughs> drives away because he's supposed to steal the car and that's fine. Yeah. I love the fact that when the kids come back out because they're like, no package, they come back out. They actually like take the time to show that like a, like a time lapse from when they come out to when they're sitting on the curve waiting for a ride. I love that they like took that moment to just be like, mm, some time has passed and Tracy's probably <laughs> dead. So 
And then real quick, so uh, Gordo shows up to uh, to help him out. I love that there's like this janky bit of animation where all th- like three of them seem to teleport inside the car at the same yep, time. Yep, it's there was just like awkward. this missing couple of frames where they were just like, oh, fuck it, just mash them in there. <laughs> but then at this point, so IQ now gives JBJ his watch, his super secret special rocket launching spy watch, which also has what? It's got a buzzsaw now. Of course it does. Buzzsaw. Why wouldn't it? Oh boy. So essentially they track the car down and the car is being loaded up onto a truck and the truck is bound for an airport and it is all kind of like part of scum scum lord's operation and so he's got a plane waiting and all kinds of crazy stuff and they yeah. and they managed to find where the car is because all mi6 cars have a homing signal on them sure um to which iq goes uh because i can even start and stop a car by remote control and i'm just like what? in like 2017 i'm just like dude I mean, it's called out. I just yeah. got the like, oh man, it's it's amazing. Like, yeah, I can turn on the heater. I can like how the tunes going. I, I just you know. I remember I remember when I think it was my uncle, wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad. I'm kidding. It's or can we just make it where it's a dad uncle? Can we just call it like a dunkle? Dunkle. Yeah. Yeah. Dunkle. Um. So my 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 uncle, I think, was the first person that I knew that actually had one of those like uh, nice. like remote starts on his car, and I was just and I kept always thinking to myself, I'm just like. What lazy shit is yeah. this garbage? Until it's until it's five degrees outside, and you're like, Fuck. <clears throat> yeah. I'm just like, man, if you do that, and it's already in your garage, you're gonna fill that garage up with carbon monoxide. You're gonna kill yourself on the way. I'm like, oh, uh, he's just the entire time. I didn't realize it was just a cry for help. Oh, oh. My dad used to make that joke because I think one of our like friends or relatives had one of those, and it was just like the typical like power play thing. And I think my dad was like, yeah, I got a, I got a self-starter for the car, too. And then he'd, like, throw me the keys and be like, David, go start the car. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I, you, should have just, you should have just held the keys and been like, uh-oh, battery's low. And then just, like, falling on the ground. I should have just taken the car and driven to, like, Nevada. <laughs> Nevada? Nevada? Whatever. Should have driven um, to Warfield Academy. Well, okay. speaking of driving cars, we got this yeah, car go. in the back of the truck. They're going to drive it onto this plane. Dave, how do they stop this? Because guess what? We need to use every piece of the buffalo in this episode. <laughs> I love that they set up all these weird things and then actually did use them yeah. in like completely bonkers ways. So in order to stop the truck that already has the car on it, because IQ can't stop the car anymore, it's already freaking stopped inside of a truck. So uh, JBJ decides to dump the egg cooking solution in the gas tank in order to cause a distraction long enough to jump into the truck, rescue Tracy, and then... Both of them get captured. I love that Tracy is the least athletic person in the history of cartoons because she can't can't even like jump over the hood of a car. She can't even get out of the trunk of the car. She can't even get out of her own way. Tracy, I just keep thinking sixty. This this whole series is sixty four more episodes of Tracy almost dying. I would have just titled this Tracy almost dies because that's a better, more accurate depiction of what's going to happen in these like every single fucking episode. I would have named it Super Spy Clone Academy because I think these kids die in every episode and then they just pump out a new clone uh, now and they're like, well. Now you're just into Venture Brothers territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just uh, Super Spy Adventure Brothers stuff. Oh, so, God. okay. So now Jaws is like, well, I had one idiot in the trunk. I might as well throw both idiots in the trunk and drive this car onto this plane like I'm supposed to, which is exactly what he does. So now, go ahead, what's next? He doesn't even, he doesn't even restrain them. He just puts no. them in the trunk of a car and obviously... This is before the point in time as a safety feature because, you know, stuffing people in the back of a trunk of a car is, is you know, common practice in, in kidnapping. 
um, yeah. that they all have like the safety release lever that are, that's right. on the inside. So it's an Aston Martin older vehicle. Doesn't have one of these. So he just tosses them in the back of the car and just locks it. Doesn't, doesn't restrain anybody in any way, shape, or form. So, no, and he makes a lot of like serpentine curves when he's driving around out there. They really knock those kids around the back of the truck. Yeah, really. We're going to show them a lesson. So, I'm show them. They, uh, they, so they, he, he has this watch and yeah. he's in the back of this trunk of this car and he needs to yeah. get out. And we've introduced that we have this buzzsaw, yeah. which I'm just like, oh, if they were restrained, this is going to be a great they time to use that buzzsaw. And it'd be fine. But no, yeah, but they're not. It also has a laser on it, too. Sure, which, they which shoot was the, not mentioned. It's not mentioned at all. And so they shoot this laser at like the back of the car. I'm just like, oh my God, your deductible is sky high at this point. Like, I wish he would have just like, this would have been the, the second clone where he just like shoots the laser. It bounces off the trunk lid. Just right like, in the eye. And he just, <laughs> He's it just, it shoots Tracy. It ricochets, yeah, hits Tracy. Tracy just dead. Just, she's like oh. Kenny in every episode. She just <laughs> dies. God, but like, it's just, so they, they do this a uh, little bit. Now they're of in a, the plane at this point. Yeah, right? they're in the plane and they've taken off. Yeah, they're in the sky. Like, yeah. they're in the sky. And so you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, man, there's got to be some type of a little bit of a battle that ensues right now. Because up in the sure. front, we've got Scumlord. We've got... Uh, Scuzzball. We've got, yeah, we've got uh, Target, Target Dog. And we've yep. got Jaws. Jaws of yep. Life. And so we've got all these people who are in there. Like, that's a pretty sizable force. And, but, like, no additional henchmen. No additional no, henchmen at all. I was just like, yeah. eh, it seems like a mistake, but yeah. we'll they're all out. harvesting apple peppers somewhere. Yeah, they're busy. Right. Just shooting arm rockets. So, <laughs> yeah. so what happens now, Dave? Because if you have a car on a giant, <laughs> on a, on a giant, uh, like cargo, air, plane, like cargo yeah. plane that has the ability to move. If your only cargo on this entire cargo plane is that Aston Martin, what do you yeah. do? What do you do as a villain, Dave? Oh, as a villain? Yeah. I was like, man, there were so many things that went back and forth. Like, they could have, you know, James could have gotten out of the trunk and gotten in the car and driven Jaws over, which he tries to do. Yeah. But as a villain, I don't know, maybe take the damn keys out, maybe lock the car down, maybe just kill those kids well, and you'll be fine. I mean, the fun thing is you could take the, you could take the keys out, which yeah. they may oh, or that's may right. not he have did. done. All right. That's but right. He did in the beginning. To, I forgot that he hotwired it. Yeah. We have to remember that he hotwires it in this instance because How did he early, hotwire it? earlier on, well, he just, yeah. well, he hotwires it by actually putting together certain leads now you have to realize well, that those, well, those but, leads but have been on, severed by yes. jaws who when he yes. originally took the car he just he doesn't put any of the leads together he just no. bites he bites all of the, the cables on. that are underneath the steering column <laughs> and the car just starts up i love that the idea is that he bit clean through all those cables so they used his own <laughs> jaw as an electrical yeah. connector and then <laughs> as just a conduit and then as a conduit and then just started the car they makes used sense. his face as a fucking conduit and it just started the vehicle and they were just like makes, yeah, that sense. makes sense that's how it works that's how <sighs> i boost cars i don't know about you <laughs> boost cars, just bite cables just bite on wires till the car starts up <laughs> that's what my dad taught me <laughs> oh christ so okay i all I remember is James trying to drive to run Jaws over. Right. And Jaws literally just grabs the front of the car and holds it. And then, <laughs> and then he picks it up and bites the bumper. He bites, he bites a whole piece of the bumper clean off. A whole off. piece of the bumper. It's like just his butter. ridiculous. His delicious butter. So no. then at this point, like, I think they set the car back down. Doesn't James like remote set the car to just repeatedly ram into yeah. the cockpit of the plane yeah that that's it he and just somehow goes, he, this forces him actually, to land I, yeah he actually says he goes i'm gonna set the car on an endless loop and i'm just like what Why? and so again an mi6 car 
And it, because at some point the car has yes. hit the cockpit and it has thrown Jaws into the lap of Scumlord. And in that and moment, sh- I was like, oh, right. All now, right. Down to brass to tacks for JBJ. Mm. Let's get this. Brass tacks and steel Jaws. Yeah, right. Uh, and at some point, too, because Jaws bit through all those wiring, the flight conversion switch does not work anymore. Right. So they cannot just take the car out of the back of the plane and fly like you might think that they would do. So there's in- so they just crash it into the cockpit. And stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, but in true James Bond fashion, James uh-huh. JBJ is like, we got to jump out of this plane. And to. Tracy's like, there's only one parachute. And he's like, of course there's yeah, one parachute. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, girl. Don't worry, oh, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so they, they jump out. Uh, they, they manage to land. Presumably um, they're totally fine. Yeah, yeah, presumably they're totally fine. This plane that has Scumlord and Jaws, great. it just hits the ground and explodes. It's gone. You don't see... But Jaws, Jaws I mean, made his way so out. So Jaws, yeah, Jaws jumped out without a parachute whatsoever yeah. and presumably <laughs> fell I, I don't know how like jeez oh, uh, it had to, it feet? had like a thousand feet i was going to say least. like i was going to say a thousand to like 2000 feet he falls Somewhere there. let's say this he falls a distance he falls, <laughs> he falls a comically large distance <laughs> he falls a comic distance yeah uh, he falls a comic distance into a bu- like into the <laughs> roof of a barn a countryside barn collapses the whole barn uh but he's the animals fine. come running out totally he's fine. fine he's just totally. surrounded by rubble i was laughing so hard at that moment though because he just like starfished his way all the way down <laughs> just, oh, just smashes through this barn it's just like the it's just like one of the scenes from like any uh any video or any just cause video game where you're like yeah. just flying out of the back <laughs> of like a plane yeah. down to the island and you're just like i'm exactly. doing it I'm doing it. Oh, man. Jaws is fine. It's totally fine. No idea about Scumlord and Scuzzball. Yeah. No These, idea. Those guys are guys, guys, it's a mystery for another 64 episodes. Yeah. Ooh. Speaking of, so what's, what's going on back at Warfield? Because uh, I think Trevor's mm-hmm. trying to get JBJ in trouble here. Yeah. But, uh, JBJ's, uh, he's pulling um, Headmaster. He's just like, yo, you got to check this out. James Bond has violated your curfew. I'm going to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to rat him out and make sure he's he like, gets his just due. He's Malfoy. He's 100%. Because Malfoy did the same thing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Fuck, this is so... Remember when he was this like... This 100%. Harry JK, fucking I'm calling you out, JK, Rollin, we're calling you out. You What's just... up to watching, <sighs> watching JBJ Saturday mornings? Just writing it down? It's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Girl, tell you what. <sighs> so they just... They go through this whole thing. Turns out JBJ in his room. He's been studying the oh. whole time. In fact, he's been able to catch up on his reading. Yeah, because it's a clone of the other James Bond <laughs> juniors running around out there. Also, in terms of how time works, I'm going to only assume that maybe like eight hours have elapsed total. Sure, total? not even that. the whole episode. Uh, but it's just amazing this this whole thing. Well, well, so here we're not here's we're not done so yet. We're not done. No, yet. we're not quite done because unfortunately the Aston Martin was destroyed. Yeah, um, mm. we we learned that from JBJ because uh, <laughs> because Buddy Mitchell Buddy Mitchell comes in and says Tracy told me about your rescue, James. Good work. Like, yeah. that's, that's what you've got to say? As, like, a mentor of sorts, that's what you've got to say? Yeah. But anyway, so James is like, no worries. The Ian Pulse thing he's destroyed. I blew up the car. Everything's fine. It sucked. It was a really sweet car. I almost got uh, to second base with Tracy in the back of it. But uh, unfortunately, it blew up along with uh, Scumlord and Scuzzbucket, whatever his name was. Yeah. And uh, it's gone. Well, uh, buddy, at this point, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, guess what? What? That hive pulse generator <laughs> not in the car it was never in the car dave oh were you misinformed uh yeah 
He's like, he's like, uh, we're, we're misinformed. He's like, that thing wasn't in the thing. Uh, you know, I want to say this for an intelligent, like for an intelligence group, not oh. a lot of intelligence in this whole show. I love that he was just like, uh, they were misinformed and so were we. Same guy giving us the goods and uh, misinformed. Have a good day. But it's fine for JBJ because guess what? Uncle JB. Yeah. Jim Beam. Cinema. Cinema. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Oh, my God. Don't even Uncle start Jack with a Bauer. 24 crossover Uncle, on this. Uncle Jason Bourne on a case. Oh, my God. Why is everybody have? Why do all these people have uh, JB names? It's just, just been a thing. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Well. He looks outside. JBJ looks outside of his window with Carl Weathers kind of over his shoulder. Much as any young preppy white English super spy kid does. And uh, guess what? Sweet brand new red sports car out there. Fucking rich kids. I can't stand them. Yeah. And then it is the most. So let me let me ask you this real quick. So you just survived crazy run in Mm. with Jaws monster scum lord plane crashes. Your car blew up. Trevor Noseworthy, all this stuff. You survived all of it. You're riding high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a brand new sweet car from your uncle, dad, got your dunkle. Who's the first piece of ass you're going to take out for a ride in this car? Oh, man. Uh, you got to be talking about my buddy, my, oh, no. my boy. No, my, that's not. My buddy, my boy. I don't, IQ. No. I'm no, I taking, miss... taking IQ out. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. This is the, uh, this is the most uncomfortable outro. <laughs> That I think we have, maybe we've ever had because pretty bad. because JBJ has been the focus of this entire episode, and then all of a sudden they get in this car, and the camera just weirdly traces like IQ looking like he's geeking out about the fucking like rupture on these seats. Like this guy's like this guy is this brand he, new leather seats. Oh man, he he's, he's just been like he has been waiting for JBJ, just fucking edging. And now he's just like, I'm a climax. I'm a climax all over this fucking car. It is ridiculous. Like, because it was a pretty awkward ending. Because it, it zooms in at one point and he's just like creepy smiling, like with eyes wide open and his mouth agape. And he's like, yes. The gadgets. Yes. The gadgets. The gadgets. And JBJ is just like, don't even think about it. Like, around the world. Yeah, and that's it. End. All right. Anything else from this episode before we get into some uh, second opinions here? Uh, two very very quick things. I love the yep. fact that when we we found this episode because this was episode one, the beginning, yes. the beginning. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they really knocked out of the park with this. Good uh, job, I love guys. the fact that the beginning of this YouTube clip it has like an old uh, yeah. like uh, VHS kind of uh, screen, like blue, like flat screen with like that like terrible block lettering. It made yeah. me very nostalgic. It made me laugh really hard for some reason. I was like, <laughs> "Didn't it say like also oh. available?" Yeah, <laughs> also available like some other episode. Yep. So I laughed really hard. And then the other thing that we didn't mention is that uh, the different uh, wipes in between um, oh. are are done like uh, like snapshot photos, like the shutter for a camera. Oh. Uh, there are certain ones that just like went click click, like back and forth. And for some reason, every time I saw that, I was like. Could we not do that, please? I didn't even notice that. Like, I didn't we pick just up on cut, that at all. Could we cut that out? Could just cut. Just cut it out. It's weird. That's all right. It. Well, that's our opinion of the show. We're going to get to uh, some folks who loved it and folk who hated it. So we're going to do that in just a second. All right. Um, getting into this. Uh, getting into this. Loved it one. Um, here we go. Uh, this is from author, and this is. Uh, 
this is relatively recent too. This is this is what's like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like February seventh. This is this is uh, like February seventh, twenty sixteen. So <clears throat> this is a Maz Ferrat um, from the United Kingdom. This is a prestigious cartoon in a declining era. And since he's from the UK, I feel I have to honor this in a very special way. Uh oh. I have to say, during the holiday season in the mid nineties. I always looked forward to watching The Illustrious Bond as a cartoon on ITV that made the mornings worthwhile. Unlike other crude cartoons of the time which were superficial or just ludicrous, this one was well written with action and entertainment for children. My verdict on the series is that it is an intelligent series with a well-written and sophisticated lead that instead of just being fashionable, was genuinely entertaining and thrilling. I also think after Timothy Dalton, when the era in which the zenith of Bond was coming to an end, this would have been a good finalizing series to Ian Fleming's brand, as it modestly required so. It was... I didn't follow that either. <laughs> Not a single clue. It was also done at the right time, rather than just exhausting the classic characters from GoldenEye onwards, this cartoon to me is the seal. I don't know what that means. Is the seal like the golden seal, like the Maybe seal it's of the approval? Seal, like seal the deal, seal of approval, seal of, actual oh seal, fur seal. Listen, if mm-hmm. I have, if we have one UK viewer, or even like a, like a uh, an Anglophile out there, I need to know: Are there apple peppers? What the hell does the seal mean? I want to know. Maybe that's what the apple pepper. Know. Maybe they're called seals. Maybe they're sealed. Oh man, we've got to hate peppers. it. We've got to hate it though, Dave. That <clears throat> I think we're gonna really have a lot of fun with. I love apple peppers. All right, we got a, uh, a hate it here. Uh, this one's from the good old US of A. We had to get one in from the UK, of course. But let's go US of A. Sean's gonna help me out with this one. Yeah. He's gonna take. He's Sean's gonna be playing the part of the boss. I'm gonna be playing the part of person one and two, because this reviewer on IMDb decided to write out uh, a nice little narrative for us in a review titled "Cheesier." more watered-down James Bond. This, is, this takes place during a meeting when the show James Bond Jr. was theoretically conceived. Okay, team, uh, we need a new toy line to market. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles aren't going to be hot forever. I got it. How about a kid who goes to an exclusive prep school and fights crime as a super-secret spy? Super spy kid. He'll have weapons, a slick car, and a team that helps him. I like where you're going, but uh, we need to tie it into something uh, marketable, something familiar, something that will sell. Uh, How about James Bond? Yes! Uh, That's exactly what I was thinking. James Bond? You mean the book and film series with the violence and the sex and the dark storylines? How are we going to appeal that to kids? Easy. Uh, we make it a version of a younger characters. We make it his nephew. Uh, call him James Bond Jr. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, but isn't James Bond an only child? And isn't Jr. the surname for sons but not nephews? Ah, nonsense. An eight-year-old uh, won't know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we tie the toy line to a TV cartoon. We drop the violence and the sex to be almost non-existent. Add characters related to other Bond characters that somehow end up at the same school and have humor only a kid can appreciate. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the toy promotes the cartoon, which promotes the toy line. I love it. Okay, hold, but uh, isn't that talking down to kids? I mean, blunting what James Bond was really about? Uh, who cares? Ian Fleming isn't going to walk through the door in disapproval. I get this going immediately. The next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Basically, that's what I imagine how the meeting went when this series was created. If you couldn't tell, I was never a huge fan of it. Poor animation, watered-down action, corny and cheesy jokes and humor, and anything resembling the classic Ian Fleming works neutered to kid-friendly levels. The show was a vehicle to sell a toy line, and that was pretty much it. It came at the height of, quote-unquote, kid versions of adult characters, Muppet Babies, Flintstone Kids, etc., as well as the cartoons inspired by toys. Soon after the show, high-quality action cartoons were created like Batman the Animated Series and X-Men, but this show followed the unfortunate trend at a time of action cartoons talking down to kids, all in the name of toy sales. Oh yeah, and James Bond was an only child. Don't waste your time on this one. Ooh. Four out of ten stars? Mm, Four yeah. out of ten. Maybe Good job, kind of liked it. Good job, boss. Oh, man. Nicely done. I think that's the first review we've ever had where somebody actually like wrote a little skit for us. Yeah, I like more skit reviews on yeah, IMDb, guys. Guys, guys, pump it up. up. Let's get these get going. Get out there and write some skits. Skit. Okay, so we know how uh, one guy in the UK and one guy in the US feel about it. How do you feel about this? Uh, do you recommend it? And if not, does it get the dip, meaning it is erased from existence for all time? Oh, man. I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I know we just had a King BK2 from US kind of just a... I liked it oh, yeah, for... Yeah all the reasons uh, that our previous reviewer said that he didn't like it. Like it was cheesy. It was goofy. Um, I don't, I honestly don't think I would watch more than one or two episodes of these now, but I remember watching this as a kid and I really enjoyed it. So um, I would recommend this for somebody who is, uh, who is an actual fan of, of James Bond. I think that this is kind of like a fun compliment to it. Um, but by no means is it like a definitive collection of something that like you absolutely need. Like it's let's let's get one thing very clear: the poor animation that's in this, one hundred percent accurate. Some of the yeah. voice acting and the tropes, terrible. They they are really really fucking bad. Um, but just sort of the like the the plot, sort of the villains, everything that kind of comes together. Like it's it's when you put two things together on a plate that should not taste well together. And for some reason, it tastes excellent. And you're just like, this, like, my palate's telling me one thing. Like, my brain's telling me one, and my, my palate's telling me another. And you just kind of have to figure out exactly what it is. So in this instance of having that fight happen, that, in, uh, that apologia, um, I would say I actually do recommend this. Dave, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm kind of walking the line between, it's sort of like I'll recommend it for two sets of people. If you're a James Bond fan and you want to be a completionist and want to see everything at least once that was James Bond ever, then yeah, check this out because it has some cool nods back to the, the character. The, it's got that novel tie-in, which is very strange, 003 and a half. Um, it's also got like a lot of nods back to the movies and the mythology too that are a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, it is a kid's cartoon, so they're not going to be a lot of quote-unquote Bond ladies, the Bond girls, even though they do show up and they have terrible names. They're just not quite as like sexually overt as they were in the movies. But I mean, it's a cool part of the Bond canon, right? There's probably a lot of Bond aficionados out there who are like, this is not, this has nothing to do with anything <laughs> Bond wants to keep it away. It really does not. <clears throat> no, and it doesn't, but I think it's fine and it's fun. I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it as just like a cartoon to watch. It's a decent action cartoon. It's fun and silly. It's not anything super serious. So if you want to be a completionist for either the Bonds or uh, as a fan of SMC, then yeah, check it out. Otherwise, you're not really missing much, but I'm not going to give it the dip. Uh, nice. Anything else for this episode tonight? That's it, man. All right, buddy. What do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks? As always, I'm performing live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. 
with a group that's called Knox. Uh, you can check out when we are performing witdc.org. And as always, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. <clears throat> and as a special note this week, I actually just recently guested on the Cinescope podcast with Chad Hopkins, where we Yo! actually talked about, yeah, two different episodes. One, we talked the Lego movie from back in 2014. And on a follow-up episode, we actually talked the Lego Batman movie, which just came out as you're listening to this a couple of weeks ago. So the episodes are going to be a couple weeks old by this point, but uh, head on back, check out Cinescope podcast. I believe it's just Cinescope Pod on Twitter, but I will have those uh, uh, connections up in the show notes so you guys can check that out if you're interested, just to hear me ramble about movies without swearing so much, which is kind of nice. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. And if you're interested in finding out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. You can also head on over to our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. This is going to wrap it up for our uh, Listener Appreciation Month, but we always are taking suggestions from our <clears> listeners <throat> out there. If you guys have a cartoon that's obscure or you can't quite remember it or you just want to talk about it again, send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com, and we will definitely get it covered sometime in the near future. However. March is coming up. And buddy, what do we like to do around here at March time? It's oh, a little man. crazy. March, March, we get, uh, we introduce a little bit of madness. We get the madness. Yeah, we get Now, the last madness. year, if you guys remember, we did uh, Pocket Monster March Madness. Oh, boy. <clears throat> and that was a good time. Yeah. Uh, so if you were a fan of, like, Pokemon, Digimon, any kind of that stuff, head on back to uh, last year's episodes in March and check it out. We did a tournament-style breakdown of a number of, what was it, like 12? We have 10 or 12 different yeah, shows. Yeah, I think we had 8 or 10. Yeah. 8 or 10 shows, and we all broke them down and picked a winner just based on our own reviews of a very specific and kind of silly set of uh, circumstances and uh, criteria. We're going to do the same thing this month, but we're going to be focusing on mecha anime. So if you're a fan of, like, Gundam stuff, Anything where there's a human pilot inside a mecha war machine. Yep. We're going to be talking mecha March Madness. Yeah. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to give you the lineup just yet. Look for it uh, later this week. We're going to post. We're going to we're going to release the seeds just like they do for actual March Madness in, in basketball. We're going to we're going to do the seeds and we're going to announce what they are. And I'm looking forward to. It. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. Can't wait. Ah. Sean's so excited to get in the mobile suit. Oh. What do you think's going to win? Uh, who do I think is going to win? Yeah, who do you think is going to win? I don't know. I'd have to take a look back at the bracket, but uh, I'm going to say... I mean, I'm we got say, like... I'm going to say us for having to watch all these cartoons. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So uh, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us for the month of February and Listener Appreciation Month. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners out there, whether you've sent us a suggestion or not. So thank you very much for your continued support. And this has been Saturday Morning Cartoons, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>